Once again, I'm, I'm Stuart Mazell. Thank you for joining us. And uh, today we are continuing our series on being hospitable. And I know that might seem like a strange thing um, for us in the church to talk about. Where is Jesus in that? But the funny thing is that hospitality really does show the good news of Jesus in ways that many other things that we actually do don't. It's, it's something that is really at the heart of, of loving people well. And, and as we've said in earlier um, sermons, hospitality, showing hospitality is not the same thing as entertaining, like, you know, trying to impress people. It is taking people in where they are and where you are and just loving them well. And we'll talk more about that in this particular sermon but I want you to see from uh, two passages today, one from 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 17 through 19, and we'll also be touching on one verse in Hebrews 13, uh, verse 16. And this is God's word. This is what uh, we read from 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 and 19, through 19. Uh, as for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. And then from Hebrews chapter 13, verse 16. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Let me pray for us. Um, Father, every good and perfect gift comes from you. Uh, you have showered us with blessing. Uh, you have given us so much. You have shared much with us. And we, as your people, uh, we want to reflect your character. We want to be what you call us to be and to share and to do good to others. And so in the name of Jesus and by the power of your spirit, will you work in us today that as we wrestle with these, this passage, as we let it sink in, as we try to marinate in it for a few minutes, that we would leave this place today wanting to show hospitality by sharing with others what you've given to us. Grow us up in this. And Lord... More than anything, we long for you to show us the good news of Christ in all of this. Uh, we don't want to just be hospitable. We want to be hospitable because of what you've done for us in Christ. And so I pray for those who are here today who do not yet know you, that they would hear the good news and respond in faith. And for those who do already know you in Christ, 
that they would be encouraged and built up to show hospitality by sharing and knowing that that is a working out of the good news of Jesus in their own lives. And Lord, we pray this for your glory. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are one true God because of what you've done for us and because of who you are. Amen. There's a, a story uh, that goes this way, that an elderly couple walks into McDonald's. And because they're an elderly couple, they, they walk a little slow, slower than some of the younger folks who are in McDonald's. And the elderly man walks up to the counter and he says, I'd like one hamburger, one order of fries, and one drink, please. And so they fill his order, and then he and his wife, they slowly make their way back to the table. And then the elderly man, he takes his hamburger, and he cuts it in half, and he gives half to his wife, and he keeps the other half. And then he carefully counts out the french fries, half for her and half for him. And then he puts the drink right in the middle of the table, so either one of them can reach it easily. Now there's this young man sitting at the table next to them, and he's watching this. And regardless of whether this is a good or bad thing, what he does is he basically says, huh, I bet that they don't have enough money to buy a whole meal. And so they're sharing that meal. I'm going to offer to pay for another meal for them. So he walks over to their table and he says, um, I'm sorry to interrupt your meal and I, I don't mean to be rude, but I couldn't help but notice that you're sharing just one hamburger between you and one order of fries and one drink. And if money is a situation, I'd be happy to buy another meal for you that you could eat that. Well, the old man, he smiles and he says, uh, thank you for your concern, young man, but we're fine. We are used to sharing everything together. So the young man sat back down to his own meal, and as he's eating, he can't help but notice that the old man is eating, the elderly man's eating, but the, the, the lady, she's not eating anything. She's just watching him eat. So he's eating his hamburger, and he's eating his fries, but she's just sitting there. And then the young man again thinks, wait, I bet that she doesn't really want to eat the hamburger, that she wanted a chicken sandwich or chicken nuggets, and that the old man, he's getting his way, and she's not getting what she wants. So he walks over to the table again, and he says, I'm sorry to interrupt one more time, but I noticed that your wife isn't eating her food. Now, if she would like something else besides a hamburger, I'd be happy to buy it for her. And the elderly man smiles again, and he says, I really do appreciate you wanting to help us. I really do. But I assure you, we are fine. We are used to sharing everything. So the young man sat back down, and he, but he couldn't notice that the elderly man continued to eat his burger and fries and drink, but she just sat there watching. And after a few minutes, the elderly man's almost finished with all of his food, and she hasn't even taken a bite. And so the young man just can't stand it. His curiosity has just gotten the better of him. And so he walks over to the table one last time, and he says, ma'am, why aren't you eating? Your husband said that you share everything and he shared his hamburger with you and he shared your, his french fries with you and you haven't eaten a thing. What are you waiting for? And she says, the teeth.
or maybe it would be better to say, the teeth. We've been talking about hospitality and how God calls us to show hospitality to others. And as we've seen, the heart of hospitality is love. And loving people well with hospitality means we're going to welcome other people, we're going to share with other people, and we're going to connect with other people. That's what we've been seeing. And today we're going to zero in on what it means to share. Now hopefully we're not going to share our teeth with one another but we are called to share what we have with others in significant ways. And so we're gonna start just by going, diving right in. One major part of showing hospitality is sharing what we have with others. That's, that's a big part of what hospitality is. I mean, think about it. Hospitality, in some ways, even equals sharing. When you invite someone into your home and show them hospitality, you are sharing your space, your house, your time. You're sharing usually food with them. You're sharing your couch or your table. You're sharing all kinds of things with them. Hospitality is sharing. Now, from an early age, sorry, dry throat. From an early age, most of us are taught to share with others, right? And uh, from my experience, we need to be taught that, and we need reinforcement in that. Because you think about a, a two or three-year-old, you know, and they're playing with their favorite toy, and another child comes up to this child and says, pardon me, I know, right? This is well-behaved well children. Pardon me, but playing with that toy, it looks like it's so much fun. May I have a turn after you're finished? Because, you know, that's how two or three-year-olds talk. And, of course, the first child says, Why, of course, my dearest friend. Nothing would please me more than to share this toy with you that has brought me so much pleasure. That's not how it goes in my household. <laughs> and it's probably not the way that you've seen it happen in yours either. Now normally, one child comes up and says, give me that, and the other child says, no, it's mine. We are called to share. God calls us to share with others, but sharing can sometimes be hard for us. Right? Um, as uh, Alexander Strauch says in his book, Hospitality Commands, at heart, have we, have we got this quote? There we go. At heart, we are all selfish. And selfishness is the single greatest enemy of hospitality. We do not want to be inconvenienced. We do not want to share our privacy or time with others. We are consumed with our personal comforts. We want to be free to go about our business without interference or concern for other people's needs. We don't want the responsibility and work that hospitality entails. We are greedy and don't want to share our food, home, or money. We are afraid that we will be used 
or that our property will sustain damage. All of these attitudes are selfish, and selfishness is sin. Ouch, right? That, that hurts a bit. And yet, there's a lot of truth in that statement. We, we've got a lot of selfishness in us. Even the most giving person has some selfishness and some self-centeredness in us. But God has called us to share, to show hospitality by sharing what we have, not hoarding it up only for ourselves, but to give and to share with others. And showing loving hospitality to others will involve sharing what we have with others. Another point that we can make from the passages that we've seen today is this, that God is pleased when we share with others. That God is pleased when we share with others. You see this directly from Hebrews 13, 16. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. When we do good to others, when we share what we have with others, that is pleasing to God. Now, there are two things I want to say. First of all, don't you want to please God? All right, that's that's, that's first part. But then the second part is, whenever we talk about pleasing God, there are at least some people in the room who are going to get a little bit um, anxious. A, a little bit like, oh, pleasing God. I can't, I can't please God. Or, okay, I have to work real hard to please God in order for him to love me. I have to work real hard to please God in order to get in good with Him. I have to work real hard for God to bless me. I have to please Him so He will bless me, so that I'll be treated better by Him, so that I'll gain His favor. And that's sometimes where we lean when we talk about pleasing God. But the truth is, we don't have to please God to gain His favor. We don't have to please God so that we'll be treated better by Him. We don't have to please God so that we get in good with, you know, the man upstairs, as some people say. Which is a terrible statement, by the way. He's not a man upstairs. God. see, the love of God, like we read this morning from John 3.16, God so loved the world that he gave. He gave his son. And so a good status with God comes from knowing Christ. Show, having the love of God comes through Christ. Having God's favor, it comes through Christ. Not from us trying to please God, but we please God when we do what he calls us to do because we already have his love in Christ. There's a difference between the two. One is, I'm trying to work to earn something. The other says, I already have this. Don't I want to please the one who has given me so much? I mean, think about it. Jesus has taken the curse of sin that all of us have upon himself at the cross. He died 
for us so that we would live. He rose from the dead for us that we would have life and have it abundantly. And in Him, we have God's love. We have a good status. We have a right status. We are now seen as righteous in God's sight if we're in Christ because our life is hidden in Him. We are united to Christ as our head and our husband, and among other things, our lives are hidden in Him, and everything He has, He shares with us. Wow. That is the good news of the gospel. That's the good news of Jesus. And so instead of thinking about pleasing God as something I have to do in order to earn something from God, we need to think about God has given me so much in Christ. Wouldn't I want to do something to please Him? It's a different, different mindset. And, and if that's not really clicking with you, think about it this way. Um, now, some of you know I have three kids, three children. And I love them deeply. I love them dearly. And sometimes they do things that are pleasing to me. Yeah, yeah sometimes, yeah. Like, like when they share with one another willingly and happily. Oh, dearest brother, I will be happy to share my food with you. Oh, dearest sister, I would be happy to share some ice cream with you. Yeah. That pleases me. Or like when they do their chores without having to be asked. Man, that pleases me. But sometimes they do some things that are displeasing too. You know, like when the selfishness gets a little better of them and they want to keep the ice cream to themselves. Or when they don't do their chores. Or when they do their chores by complain and complain all the while while they're doing it. You know, well, so-and-so didn't have to wash the dishes last night. Yeah, okay. It's your turn. <laughs> That's not pleasing. But you know what? My love for them never changes. When they're complaining about washing the dishes, I don't kick them out of the house and say, well, pfft, I don't care about you anymore. No. I still love them. They're still my family. I still see them as my children. So, yeah, there are certain things that please me and there are certain things that don't please me, but that doesn't change my love for them. And there are times when they do things just out of a desire to do something good for me. And boy, in those moments, it is a beautiful moment to see your child do something for you just because they love you. Like, hey, Dad, would you like to try some of this ice cream? Of course, it's ice cream. I mean, you could probably make shoe-flavored ice cream, and it would still be good. Ice cream is amazing. I hope there's an ice cream cake today. All right, so none of that changes my mind about them. Whether they are pleasing or displeasing, it doesn't matter. I still love them, and when they do things out of love for me, it is a pleasing thing. Right? And so let's think about that in our relationship with God. That God has given us so much and His love for us doesn't change. It is solid and rock sure in Christ. And then we do things out of pleasing Him not to earn that love but to recognize the love and say, 
Father, I, I am so thankful for what you've done. I love you so much. Here, let me do something that will please you. See the difference? So it is good for us to do things that please God. And when we share with others, it pleases God. God is pleased when we share. And the, the question came to my mind this week, well, why? Why is God pleased when we share? What, what would make God pleased about sharing something? And it occurred to me that sharing with others pleases God because we are reflecting his character. Because we're reflecting him back to him. We're reflecting his character. You think about it. Hebrews 13, 16 says, Do not neglect to do good and to share with what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. God is good. God does good to us. God does good to all kinds of people. Even those who shake their fist in his face, God is good. And he shares what he has. You know, this world and everything in it, it belongs to him. And he shares it with us. He allows us to be a part of it, to enjoy it. In fact, that's exactly what 1 Timothy 6, 17-18 says. And I want you to hear this, because it is one of those things that... Sometimes we can, we, as Christians, we can think of ourselves as, you know, oh, woe is me, and everything's so bad, and everything's so horrible, and blah, blah, blah. You know, and, and it's all sadness. I want you to hear just the beauty of this passage. As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. Did you get that? God richly provides us with everything to enjoy. Everything that God has given to us, there is something in it he wants us to enjoy. From the taste of chocolate to those wonderful cakes down there and pies to enjoying a spaghetti dinner to whatever it is that we're doing, everything that God has given us, he's done it for us to enjoy. And out of that, we are to do good. We are to be rich in good works. We are to be generous and ready to share because that reflects the character of God. Now, when it comes to sharing, I've run into this numerous times where I'm talking with someone and they'll say, well, I can't show hospitality because my house is not big enough. I don't have a big enough room. I don't have a big enough table. I don't have the right kind of food. I don't have the right kind of plates. I don't have the, I don't have the, I don't have the, right? Rosaria Butterfield apparently has run into this too. And in her book, The Gospel Comes with a House Key, she says this. Sometimes Christians tell me that they don't practice hospitality because they don't have enough space, dishes, or food. They fear that they do not have enough to give. This is a false fear that no one should heed. Hospitality shares what there is. That's all. 
It's not entertainment. It's not supposed to be. Hospitality shares what there is. If someone comes over to my house and they say, hey, Stuart, how are you doing? Oh, come on in. Hey, I'm a little hungry. Oh, the only thing I have to offer you is ramen noodles. That's okay. Because that's what I have. That's what I'm going to share. Now, if you don't like ramen noodles, sorry, but that's all I got. And that, that's, what, that's what this passage actually says, right? Hebrews 13, 16. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have. God's not interested in you sharing what you don't have. I think there might be a, a you know, there might be a Bible verse about that too. Like, so about stealing? No, you don't share what you don't have. You share what you have. Whatever it is. And you give it freely. Because... That's what it means to love people well because of what God has done for us. So, there are three things that we're going to talk about today real quickly. And I'm going to go through these fast. Christ, by the Holy Spirit, enables us to share generously and even sacrificially with others as we grow in at least these three areas. Now, there are other areas, but there are three areas that come out of these passages that I want us to see. Again, I'm going to do these quickly. Number one, humility. When you think about hospitality, you probably don't think about humility. But I think they're connected. In fact, sharing is definitely an aspect of humility. Look at 1 Timothy 6, 17 through 18. As for the rich in this present age, and let's face it, that's us. As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty not to be full of themselves, not to be full of pride. They are to do good. They are to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share. You want to be a sharing person, you got to start with the attitude of humility. As uh, C.S. Lewis says in uh, Mere Christianity, pride is essentially competitive, is competitive by its very nature. While the other vices are, compet are competitive only, so to speak, by accident, Pride gets no pleasure out of having something only out of having more of it than the next man. We say that people are proud of being rich or clever or good-looking, but they are not. They are proud of being richer or cleverer or better-looking than others. If everyone else became equally rich or clever or good-looking, there would be nothing to be proud about. It is the comparison that makes you proud, the pleasure of being above the rest. Once the element of competition has gone, pride has gone. Right? And that's part of the reason why sometimes we don't show hospitality is because there's some pride there. Because my stuff isn't as nice as somebody else's stuff. And I don't want to be looked down upon. But if we stop the comparison and we say, no, what I have, I'm going to share with you, that's humility and that pleases God. As Jesus did this for us, right? Mark 10, 45, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Uh, Jesus didn't hold equality as Ephesians 
uh, 2, 3 through 5 says, uh, do, not, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is in Christ Jesus. Because Christ lowered himself. He humbled himself in order to share, in order to give. And so we're enabled to give generously, even sacrificially, to share with others as we grow in humility. But second, we not only uh, are enabled to share with others generously and sacrificially when we humble ourselves, but also when we hope, when we hope in God. Again, 1 Timothy 6, 17 through 18. As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God. And then they are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share. You see, when we set our hopes on what's in our bank account or our possessions, what we end up doing is we've got a false hope. As we talked about in Sunday school today, those things are here today and gone tomorrow. Um, I mentioned this in Sunday school in, in my smaller group. Um, I was talking with my son Michael one day recently about fidget spinners. You guys remember fidget spinners? They were those little things that uh, kids had. They were a, a spinner. They would spin, and you just hold them in your fingers, and you can spin them. And they were super popular for a while. You could find them anywhere, and almost every ch child had one or some version of it. Now look around and ask where they are. Here today, gone tomorrow. And just like the fidget spinner fad, our riches are here today, gone tomorrow. You can't put your hope in your bank account. You can't put your hope in the stock market. You can't put your hope in what you own. Because even if you hold on to all of that until the end of your days, once you die, as the saying goes, you can't take it with you. It goes to someone else. So you can't put your hope there. Your hope has to be in something better. And our hope, Christian, our hope is in the greatest thing ever. It's in the God who has given his son for us. Right? That's the greatest hope we could ever have. As, as Romans 8, 38 through 39 says, For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. That is where you put your hope. You can't lose what God has for you in Christ. Everything else you may lose, but you cannot lose what God has given you in Christ. That's where we put our hope. And when we put our hope in something that we can't lose, we are much more willing to share the things we can lose. Right? All right, so those are two of the things. Christ, by His Holy Spirit, enables us to share generously and even sacrificially with others as we grow in hope, as we grow in humility, and as we grow in one more area, gratitude. Yeah, that little H there was because I couldn't come up with a word that started with an H that meant gratitude. 
And I, I hate that because now I feel like a failure as a pastor. <laughs> Humility, hope. Ugh. If somebody could help me one day with finding a word that starts with H that means gratitude, I'd appreciate it. And then I'll go edit this sermon. <laughs> gratitude. We need, if we are grateful for what we have, we're much more willing to share it with others. Again, 1 Timothy 6, 17 through 18. As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. And because of that, they're to do good, to be rich in good works and to be generous and ready to share. I mean, think about it. If you know that God has given you everything that you have so that you can enjoy it, wouldn't you want to share some of that enjoyment with others? If you really have gratitude in your heart, none of this belongs to me. God has shared it with me. Now I can share it with someone else too. That's what the early church did. That's what Christians throughout the centuries have done, and that's what we're called to do, to be humble, to hope in God, in Christ, and to be grateful for what God has given us. So if you like action points, here's yours for today. Your action point is this. Show hospitality to someone this week by sharing something of yours with them. Okay? That could be sharing your home as you invite them into your home. That could be sharing a meal with them. That could be, and it doesn't have to be in your home. It can be sharing a meal at a restaurant and you offer to pay for that meal. Right? It could be all kinds of things, but find a way to share with someone this week and show them hospitality. One last thing I'll say before um, we close the sermon. Um, a pastor of mine in the past, his name is Carl Brannon. He's a retired pastor now. Um, I remember one time him telling me that when, when you get together with someone, you have to find joy in the little things. Because if you miss out on that, sometimes you can take advantage or, or take for granted, that's what I mean to say, what is happening in your relationship. And he pointed out how like, there were times when he would go out on a date with his wife, which at that time, the, the story he was telling was when they were dating, um, they would just go and share an order of french fries together. And that's all the money he had was to buy one order of french fries and they just shared them. And yet they said, he said, those were some of the best times because we knew we didn't have much, but what we had, we were willing to share with one another. And it was a beautiful moment of joy for them. How many times do we miss out on those beautiful moments of joy because we're just not willing to share what we have, even if we don't think it's enough, even if we don't think it's good enough? It probably is enough, and it probably is good enough. Let's not talk ourselves out of sharing those little moments of joy with others by sharing what we have. All right? So by the power of the Spirit, 
and in the name of Jesus, let's grow in hospitality as we share generously with others. And I'm going to pray that we'll be able to do that. Lord Jesus, we are thankful that you have given us so much. You've shared your life. You've shared your righteousness. You've shared a status in your family. You share with us an inheritance that will never perish or spoil or fade. You share so much with us. Will you, by your Spirit, empower us to grow in humility, to grow in our hope in you, and to grow in gratitude that we would show hospitality by sharing generously and even sacrificially with others. Help us to do that, Lord, for your glory, for our good, and for the good of other people around us. Amen.